been a while, Pete. Been a while. Glad to be been back. Yeah. This is uh. You're getting some emails I, or something. Oh, can you hear those? Oh, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can turn that. I always feel like I'm on the top of a roller coaster here. Welcome, my friends, to the long-awaited episode of Man vs. World. Um, yeah, I think we that's probably the longest break we've taken in, I don't know, like 50-something weeks, maybe? Yeah, is that, I think is you're that, right. Is that accurate? Yeah, um, <clears throat> probably not going to do that again. I don't, I don't want to do that again. Uh, I know it's, it's very bad for the podcast to be doing that. Um, <laughs> but uh, we had a couple of videos still go out. I tried to make sure some stuff still went out to you guys, but... Um, yeah, we've just been really doing a heck of a lot of stuff, really. Um, we launched a brand new program called uh, the Momentum Method, which is, you know, it's a it's a program designed to help guys basically get moving in life and build momentum. Um, it's like, how do you reach your goal? It's like, what, what, what I call it was like uh, high performance at high speed. You know, the system that I use to like get stuff out quickly now to get things moving fast, learn how to make decisions quickly, learn how to do all that kind of stuff. So that was like one big piece of it. And we had to do all the marketing elements of that. And then we also launched a new like high ticket, like one-on-one coaching program with me called Interface OS. Um, And that I'm very excited for. If you're interested in pursuing one-on-one coaching with me, I think we'll have a, a link for an application down at the bottom. And uh, doing a lot of just like business back end stuff because <clears throat> ultimately we need this podcast to uh, plug into something. You know, this isn't a recreational podcast. Like, you know, we're we're serious professionals here who are uh, dead set on helping you guys become the uh, greatest version of yourself. So um, that's what's been what's going on. But you know, I'm happy to be back, and it's it's warming or warming my heart's heart to have people basically pestering me be like where's where's the next mvw episode man and uh you know it also stressed me out and made me feel shitty at the same time but it was also nice <laughs> that people uh people were, were missing it so uh yeah man how you been pete i'm great i'm uh at zach galifianakis house right now <clears throat> as you can see oh, yeah? by the fern no i'm actually <laughs> at my, my folks place but uh yeah it's it's good it's good summer good. Nice. Nice. Well, let's go ahead and get into this. Um, we're going to be shifting up the format somewhat in Man vs. World here. Uh, in the past, we've always just done very topical clips and just respond to them. Basically, the way it would work is I'd be, I didn't do anything, and then Pete would go and like look up, try and find fascinating clips, and then I would just you know more or less react to them. You know how the show works. But what we found is that like doing this has kind of led us a little bit further away from the real purpose of this um, podcast, which is self-mastery. It is like unleashing your apex potential. And so in effort of trying to like keep this content really aligned with that and not just become like a social commentary podcast, because there's a lot of that stuff. There's a lot of people. It's just like, 
you know, conservative people just reacting to uh, liberal stuff. I mean, like that's basically the Daily Wire now. Yeah, it's like I'm I was not gonna say. <laughs> I don't I don't need to do that. I don't need to sit here and give you my analysis of why the new Barbie movie is garbage. Okay, it's like you already know it's garbage. You don't need me to tell you it is. Okay. Um, I think that we are all a little bit more sophisticated uh, than that. At least I hope so. Uh, I hope <laughs> I hope we are slightly more sophisticated than that. And we're really looking to actually make some shit happen in our life. So what we're going to be doing moving forward is like Pete's going to be kind of sourcing some of my content, you know, the, the daily emails and stuff that I write, you know, the tweets that I do, some of the other things that um, I put out. And uh, trying to go deeper in depth on really these mechanics of self-mastery. So we're going to try it out. I mean, you know, we're, we're, it's likely going to be a mix ultimately at the end of the day where we have some fun. You know, we, po- we, we look at some topical stuff for sure um, if there's anything worth really getting into. But really, the heart of this is to, like, make you better and to make it enjoyable and interesting to do so. Not just this painful slog on your own against your own vices and limiting beliefs and that sort of thing. So, yeah, you know, all feedback is very welcome here. But uh, that's, that's kind of the plan. Awesome. Well, let's dive right in. The first question that I have here today is from a member of the club who says, is it just me or why am I noticing so often that relationship or marriage is actually one of the sources of unhappiness? Actually, I do believe that it's not the source of joy. I just want to hear other people's perspective. I have a relationship with my girlfriend for three years and she is the one you would describe as the trad wife, maybe even Chad's trad wife, in other words, very attractive. If it wasn't for sex, which is rare to be honest, and I just see that I was happier in the day-to-day when I was single. So what would you say to this guy, Mark? So a couple of things. First, like I guess his assertion that uh, you know relationships are the source of pain and not not joy. And it, it all kinds of kind of depends because you know, for a lot of guys who aren't in a relationship, the fact that they're not in a relationship is one of their primary sources of pain. So either way, you're in trouble because at the, like, at the end of the day, we all want love and fulfillment. We want meaning. We want purpose. And one of the primary ways we get that is through our relationships. You know, it's very difficult to have purely self-contained purpose. Um, you can do it for a period of time, you know, if you've really got something that you personally are interested in. But at the end of the day, you're going to end up wanting to share that with someone. You're going to want your efforts to mean something to someone other than just yourself. Like if you're coming from a really crappy place and you're just like getting yourself together, that might be edifying in and of itself. You know, you just becoming someone that you like more. But once you become someone that you like more or less, then it's like, okay, well, I like me, but there's there's more to this, right? Like like when when does it like, how do I expand this beyond just my own self-enjoyment? How do I get meaning beyond just doing something that I like? That's where relationships come in. There has to be, like, we are fundamentally social creatures. You're not going to find the the pinnacle of your human experience in isolation, at least uh, not under normal circumstances. So that would be, like, the first thing to this is that, yeah, you're going to have pain in relationships. You're always going to have pain without relationships. Um, and particularly in like your romantic relationships, you know, a relationship where you're pursuing love and that sort of thing, um, <clears throat> it gets even a little bit trickier because in order to love, like basically what you're doing when you love someone is you are giving them permission to hurt you. 
that's that's something that I've I've kind of realized is that if you don't give a shit about someone, well, they can't really hurt you too much, right? Like they if they if they insult you, it's just like whatever. Um, you know, if they get sick, it's just like okay, well, hey, I feel I feel bad for you, but like really, you just you don't really actually feel bad for them. But if it's like someone you really care, like if my daughter got like deathly sick or hurt or something like that, oh my god, I'd feel that down to my core. You know, same with my yeah. wife and that sort of thing. Um, and also if like one of them is mad at me. I care about that, you know? It's it's an issue to me. It, it causes me emotional distress because I've decided to let them into my heart. Basically, I've decided that their emotions are something that I'm going to allow some degree of responsibility and care for in my own heart. You know, it's like I'm going to care about, you know, the impact that I have on them because I'm letting them and that's the exchange. It's like you you open yourself up, you make yourself vulnerable in this way so that you hope they will give you the good feelings, right? It's like if you are completely closed and cut off, yeah, they can't hurt you, but they also can't make you feel good, all right? And so it's like that's that's the big trade-off here. And it sounds like in, in this guy's situation where I guess he's got like this hot trad girlfriend of three years and he's just completely unhappy, um, I would have to hear more about why, you know, <laughs> like what is it that you're so unhappy with? It seems like sex is infrequent, which, um, you know, that of course is always going to be an issue for pretty much every guy. And so there's a lot of reasons that that could be the case. You know, it could be the case that you know, your, you know, romantic dynamics are off. And I think that's pretty obvious at this point. The fact that you're unhappy, you're not having sex, like, okay, then something's off. You guys are, you know, something's unhealthy in there. Um, and, you know, the, the the thing that I wonder about this is, like, how comfortable is it, right? Like, I see a lot of people, they just kind of, like, partner up premarital. You know, they, they live together. They basically have, like, marriage light. But they're not really progressing in their lives together. They're not, they're, there's mm-hmm. nothing that really binds them together that they're moving forward toward that they're creating together. They've created just like this very comfortable, sedentary existence. And I don't believe that that's what the male-female relationship is supposed to be for. I believe that ultimately it's supposed to be oriented towards something, which I believe is the, the propagation and uh, care for human life, right? Like if you guys aren't, growing your kingdom in some sense, you know, then you're going to be bored as the rulers of it. And it's going to be like, well, why are we even doing this together? What are we even creating out of this? So it's like, part of it could be that like, and this is, this is like from the, the, the perspective that maybe she's the right girl. You guys are just doing it wrong. You know, we like, are you really progressing toward something more? Are you progressing toward family? Right. Are you building a life together or are you just living next to each other? Um, so that's a big piece of it. And I don't know. I mean, like you could go into a million different variables as to like why this thing is, is messed up. And I'm curious, do you offer any follow-up or anything uh, beyond this? Not that I saw, no. Yeah. But maybe he will. Maybe he will when he, you know, sees the pod. Hopefully he can let us know some more details. But it's an interesting case. And, you know, it, it kind of brings up the question for me. What is the purpose of marriage for the modern man, because like you pointed out, a lot of people are doing marriage light, so to speak, where they're roommates together. You know what I mean? And so it's like, well, if you're a really ambitious guy, you know, 
and you have all this stuff. How does how does a woman really fit into that? Because, you know, you look at Rolo. Someone someone like Rolo might say, "Well, if you have all these goals, get a vasectomy and just bang a bunch of chicks and don't actually get married to any of them." You know. Yeah. So why not just do that if you're a really ambitious man? It, I think it's I think you kind of answered the question though. It's kind of like, well, if you want to build a family, then that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, to get married. Like th- this is like from a purely like um effort optimization standpoint. What Rollo says is is the right answer. Like if you are if all you want to do is become the highest performer and make the most money, then absolutely having a family can get in the way of that. Um, especially while the kids are young. Um, and you know, you, you know, your spouse is going to have needs of you. Your kids are gonna have needs of you. And so it's like, if you just, you know, just banging random chicks, what that does is it basically, um, you know, maybe not entirely, but in some ways it, it like kind of just quells that the noise from your sex drive. Um, and then you can just focus on your work. It's just like you're basically mm-hmm. using w- women as a sexual outlet so that you don't have to manage your sexuality. You don't have to manage your sex drive. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like that's not entirely, you know, no strings attached. It's like it, it, it's the, the more effective that that will be is dependent upon how closed off you are from the women that you're using for sex like if you actually start to catch feelings for them um if you actually like get emotionally invested all that kind of stuff then what you're doing in that scenario is you're constantly getting your heart torn up and you're getting beat up by these girls like emotionally because of like you know you're not actually putting in what's necessary for a thriving healthy relationship and so you're going through you know ups and downs and you know, girls fighting over each other if there's, you know, there's not monogamy and all that kind of thing. So it becomes that can become a, a major headache. Um, and even just the, the the process of acquiring access to women. I mean, like unless you're, you know, insanely rich, you got tremendous game and are in incredible shape. Like if you're if you're one of those guys who easily pulls a ton of women already, it's a little bit different. But for the average guy, um, it's going to take a lot of work still, you know, like it's doing that just like hooking up with a bunch of random chicks is still going to be a um a high intensity effort that's going to you know require as much if not more energy from you than a stable relationship so um yeah yeah i mean like so what rollo's saying on that like the idea is just just go that route there's some truth to it if you can get all the variables like nailed down but I don't think that's what really what most guys want. Um, most guys, I don't think, want to just be rich and like having sex. I think most guys actually really do have a heart. They want some kind of meaning. They want some kind of real love. Uh, they want some kind of real purpose. And it's it's important to note that Rolo Tomasi himself, I believe, is married and also has a kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's not like he's he believes that's the best way. At least I don't think so. Uh, at least otherwise he's not following it. Um, and so there's there's some kind of uh, dissonance in there. But I think for for real satisfaction, real purpose in life, like there's got to be more. And it's worth sacrificing some of your status upside for the gain in in meaning and fulfillment. You know uh, that 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 to me seems pretty uh, cut and dry because then you have someone to really share your success with. Every success then you do earn, 
really means something because it means that, hey, now I'm actually, I'm not just going to, oh, I get some more money so I can just buy myself a new toy. It's like, no, I get some more money so I can like give my kid a better life. I can make, I can, you know, I can make my wife happier. Um, I can do, you know, there's a lot more I can do with it. It's like, cause not all guys. I mean, some guys are like real high maintenance, materialistic people who get like, you know, totally get off on getting the next nice little trinket for themselves. But I don't think that's really like the, the configuration for most guys. It's like once they have their relative comforts and their, their, you know, at least the general, investment in their hobbies they don't need more and more and more and if they do try and put more and more and more they're not gonna the the diminishing returns on their happiness like really really start to compound so yeah that's what i think so let's say you know i'm a i'm a single guy so let's say i don't want to go spin plates for the rest of my life i want to find somebody and i i want i want to open up myself enough to let them hurt me like you would say right let's say that uh, let's say I do that. If I do get hurt, how do you have the maturity not to want to hurt them back? Because it seems like human nature, if someone hurts me, oh, I'm going to make you pay so bad. I'm going to hurt you so bad. <laughs> so how do you how do you keep that from happening? Um, I think really the, the key to making that happen is uh, recognizing that it doesn't make anything better, right? Like that's just not going to be useful in, a, in any way in any shape or form. Um, and it's like, if you just get to the heart of what you want, all right, someone hurts you, what do you want most? What you want most isn't to hurt them. What you want most is to not hurt anymore. And so yeah, what actually solves that? Well, finding out some way to essentially make the this, this scenario okay in your head. That's what you're looking for. That's, that's how our emotional system works. It's like, Emotion, negative emotion is produced when our brain's saying something here is not okay. And so if we wanted to stop hurting, we have to be able to say, okay, this, this happened, but it's okay. You know, it's maybe not good. It's not what I would sign up for. I maybe even describe it as objectively bad, but it's okay that it happened. That means that I don't need to feel bad about it anymore. And so forgiveness and reconciliation, that's, that's the standard operating procedure for how to make that happen. And then if it's like you expand that intention to, all right, I want to stop hurting and I also want to hurt less in the future, well, then it gets even more uh, heavily weighted in favor of like, let's actually, you know, fix the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just having the awareness to go, okay, sit down and say, all right, what do I really want here? Instead of just acting out emotionally and just yeah. going, ah, I'm going to get you back. <laughs> well, you haven't had too many serious girlfriends, right, Pete? No, I I try to stay out of trouble. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like you learn this over time because uh, you you have re- when you have a real relationship and you do respond like that, um, you, you, you see yeah, it just makes things it worse. feels feels horrible. It feels absolutely yeah. like terrible, and you're like, oh, yeah. I don't. How do I avoid this horrible feeling happening again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, um, the, the, I, I'm reminded of a time when. Uh, I heard through the grapevine that a very good buddy of mine got into a relationship and I was talking to him on the phone one day and it came up and he's, and he, uh, I just asked him, this guy has some pretty traditional values. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I asked, Hey, does she share your values? And he goes, well, that's the funny thing. She doesn't, 
but da 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 da. And I I stopped listening after that, so I forgot what he said after that. Because as soon as he said, "Well, no, she doesn't," I these red lights are going off in my brain. Right? I'm like, wait, hold on, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> and so right. I'm like, this this was bugging me. This was really bugging me. And so I shoot him a text one day. I go, "Hey, do you want to grab lunch?" Shit, you know, in and out or whatever. And he goes, "Yeah, that sounds great." So. I'm about to head out to in and out and he says, oh, by the way, can she come? And I go, okay, sure. But I'm in my mind, I'm saying the conversation is not going to be any different. I'm going to say what I was going to say. And so we get to in and out and, and I'm like mentally psyching myself up because I'm probably going to get punched in the face here. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to confront this right now this doesn't make any sense to me so i'm gonna bring it up of course why wouldn't you right so i go you know you you're like way over here right my buddy is way over here and she's not and so i i I tell them look i'll be honest it doesn't really make sense to me uh it was so it got so awkward and i'm just like oh man what am i doing and i go i'm too deep i can't go back so I'm like, all right, here's the deal. You think this way, you, you don't believe this. So why are you, why are you together? And from my knowledge, because of his traditional values, they weren't sleeping together or anything. Uh-huh. So it really didn't make sense. Cause I'm like, why would you, why would you be in a relationship? And I, it takes one to know one. I have experienced this in my life. So I, I decided to point it out. I go, I think the reason you're dating her because she makes you feel good about yourself. And you said that to both of them? To both of them. I didn't get punched. You, you, you didn't strike me as like socially autistic, but you might be a little bit. <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, Joe. I'm a, <laughs> it reminds me of that clip. But uh, I was waiting for the punch. Didn't come, thankfully. And, uh, and I said, you know, I think the only reason he's dating you is because you know you make him feel good and she goes well yeah i would hope i make him feel good about himself and my mind was blown i'm sitting here expecting like this this really heated thing like i'm thinking i'm about to lose a friend here but i'm like look trying to look out for him best i can and he he's just gonna get pissed off at me and storm out of the thing and it's totally and fine and they're like yeah of course that blew my mind. I was like, no, no, no. I don't think you understand, lady. Yeah. If you weighed 400 pounds, I don't think he would be dating you right now. Do you understand that? Didn't bother her. Sure. You know why? Because yeah. she wasn't 400 pounds. I mean, well, she was pretty nice. So yeah. it's like, I don't care. I'm like, what? So love is like what I, I thought that was like the whole thing, right? Oh, we love each other. It used to be you'd pretend to love someone and that you wanted to bang at least, you know what I mean? But now yeah. it's just like, no, it's just a social currency at this point, it seems like. Huh. I don't know about that. I mean, like, let's 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 back this up a little bit and talk yeah. a little bit about your uh your your strategy here. Like just yeah. as a like my take on this, I'm not going to tell, you know, say that you were wrong in confronting both of them. No, you can say I'm wrong, but That's fine. in general, like something like that is, I would say that to my buddy in private first, probably before like, I was planning to, that. but then he brought her. So it's his fault. So you could have just waited on saying that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to though. <laughs> 
right. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the thing is people with different values can sort of make things work while there is no stakes. Okay. When there's no stakes on the decision making. Right. All right. But like when big things start coming into play, like where are you going to live? All right. Are you going to have kids or not? If you're going to have kids, how are you going to raise them? Um, you know, it's like, w- you don't like this person, but I like this person. How do we handle this? Um, you know, what what political party are you supporting and which political party am I supporting? Is that going to really matter to you? It's like, in the beginning, was this relatively early in the relationship? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, so at that point, like, they're running off of, like, infatuation energy. And the right. the, the truth is, like, you can seriously vibe and click with someone on an interpersonal level while being completely incompatible with them relationship wise. And so like it's true. what I'm what they were likely going through was something like that. Now even that being said is I've seen relationships where there are ver- they hold very different values but they've figured out a way to honor the values of the other person while still keeping um the core of their relationship loving and supportive. Now, in those situations, I can't really think of ones where they also have kids and it works out super well. Uh, but, you know, unless one side's willing to concede. Like, I've seen things where, you know, one one parent's, like, you know, very religious and the other one, like, just doesn't give a crap. And so, a lot of cases, it'll be like, okay, well, the religious person, they want to raise their kids religious. Um, I don't buy that, but, like, go for it. You know, as one side, as, as if one side's always willing to capitulate on some level, you can make things work. So it's like I, I've learned that there's a million different ways in which love can uh, work out. Uh, it's just a, but like the values piece is probably the most critical. And so you know, that's I don't know what's going to go on with your friend and whatnot, but uh, I'm wishing them the best, whether that means stay together or not. Well, they're they're not together anymore, so okay. <laughs> Did they blame you? Okay. Uh, I hope so. (laughs) No, I don't know. I don't know if they did. But, uh, (laughs) you know, it it was, it was really interesting because, uh, yeah, I was not expecting to get that, that as a reply. I was, I thought that they would react like I was socially autistic. Maybe that's what they thought. They go, oh, this poor kid. He just doesn't know. He just doesn't have a clue. I feel bad for him. I'll yeah, they might have given you a little bit of that, but they might have, might have, maybe, maybe that's why. Hey, I'm <laughs> thankful for the grace. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> you know, we were talking yesterday, and I wanted to bring this up on the show. We've kind of discovered through trial and error that uh, you can get a ton of views for like nothing, no money, right now. It's a kind of an interesting time in history because. If you just post enough on TikTok or Instagram or anything, it's just kind of a matter of time and bing, you're going to get one. Like we had one that went, the first one I remember very vividly because it really built a lot of belief in all this. I was, I was sitting in the Toyota Sienna and I go, oh, you know what? I posted, I posted a clip yesterday for Mark. Let me go ahead and check out how that went. So I look on TikTok and, you know, at the time it was like 2000, 3000, da, da, da. This one has got like 140,000. Mm. And I'm sitting there, I'm going, oh, snap. Okay, this is a real opportunity here. So anyway, Mark and I were talking yesterday about social strategy and stuff. And it kind of came up, you know, 
look, what, what do you want to be known for here? And, you know, Mark, correct me if I'm here, I might be kind of paraphrasing, but you said something along the lines of, well, first of all, you know, obviously I want to be the guy that guys go to when they want to get their crap together. And, but also I want to take them further than that. I want to help them find and follow their divine vision. And so I was hoping you could kind of break down what you mean by that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's like what I want to be like actually doing and then what I want to be known for. Cause one's like a business marketing kind of like, uh, you know, operation. What I explained to you there is really more about like the heart of what I want to do for guys. You know, it's like, I want to help them unleash their apex potential. Right. And, um, that's, that's still the, the, the core of it, right? Like, you know, I used to be known for helping guys quit porn. I still, am relatively well known for that. Um, you know, I still run programs and stuff around that, but the thing that I think guys need and the thing that like, I want to on a marketing sense be known for is like this, the system, you know, giving guys a high performance operating system because everybody's got an operating system. The problem is like they're janky and buggy. All right. It's like, if you're like, here's how you can tell. So if you try to install a new habit, but you can't, it's a problem with your operating system. All right. And by operating system, I'm talking about your set of routines, habits, and mindsets. Okay. Cause these things, this is the foundation upon which that determines whether you can plant something new into your life or not. Okay. And everyone's got this operating system, but a lot of people's are broken today because it's just infected with like, you know, all this malware, which is in the form of like bad habits, bad thought patterns, um, you know, too much shitty social media, their dopamine system shot, like all that kind of stuff. They don't know how to focus. They don't know how to organize their goals and all that kind of thing. So like in a very practical sense, I want to be known for the being the guy who can help you install this high performance operating system, this, this operating system that's going to help you reach your apex as a man. Because I think, like that that was the thing that I was always obsessed with when I was growing up because I wanted to be this like super high performing awesome dude but I couldn't get myself to be him and I I was really trying you know I was like this weird little freak who was like reading like self development books as like a you know 15 year old um and it just like no matter how much I like read of that stuff, I just like couldn't get myself to perform better. I couldn't really get myself to live in accordance with my own values. I couldn't get myself like over my anxieties and fears and that kind of thing. Um, and I, I it's kind of like my mission is like anybody who wants to reach their potential, I want to make sure that there is a clear way for them to do it. Like YouTube has done that for so many things. It's like you want to like learn how to. Um, you know, fix the the plumbing in your bathroom. Okay, you can probably watch a YouTube video. If you want to like learn how to make a specific kind of computer program, you can watch a YouTube video on how to do it. You, you can like literally look up how to do pretty much anything. But what I found is that like when it comes to the internal stuff, like how to get yourself to do something, that's where the information is really lacking. It usually defaults to one of two like extremes. One end is like, get hard, all right? You just got to get tougher. You got to push harder. You got to want it more. And that's like, okay, how do I get myself to do that? Like, what's the actual, you know, practice, the internal mechanics to pull that off? It's like, you just got to want it. You just got to do it, man. You're overthinking it. 
And like, to me, that's just a cop out. That's just someone saying, I don't know. They're just saying like, well, that's how it works for me. So just do that. But that's usually not what it takes for people. Cause usually like people who think like that, um, they made a, like, like their, their internal processes are actually somewhat unknown to them. They don't really understand the full mechanics. It's, it's something that's clicked into place um, without enough conscious awareness for them to fully deconstruct and replicate that event in another person. And so like with the place where I first started working on that was like helping guys quit porn. Cause like, you know, it's like, how do I get myself to do that? Like this thing, it's like so addictive. This drug dealer just sits in my pocket. It's completely available at all times. The drug is a hundred percent free. And like, I get triggered any single time I see a beautiful person, which like in this modern world is constantly. So it's like, it created this very fundamentally unique thought, like, like challenge that has never existed before for modern men. And I figured out how to overcome it. And it forced me to like really understand how this shit inside of us really works. And so like my, my goal then is to like take that knowledge and systematize it and turn it into a, a body of work that any man can use to become the person they want to be, to be as productive, to be as successful, to be as confident, to be as, um, you know, at peace and on fire um, with motivation and passion as they want to be. That's my goal. And that's what I want to be known for. And, uh, you know, a lot of my work moving forward is looking to really uh, turn that into a very clear method methodology, you know, to do the same thing that I did with porn uh, and quitting porn. You know, I think we got the, the best program in the world on quitting porn and we're still going to be making it even better. But I want to take that same attitude and apply it to high performance and make it a system that someone can simply do 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 install it, install it into their mind, into their heart, into their habits, into their everything. So that's where I want things to go. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Because how easy is it to know the right thing to do versus actually doing it? Right. It's a totally different world. So it makes, right. it makes complete sense. Yeah. Right. Because if you can get this meta piece, like that's what it is. It's like the meta habit. that The habit of creating habits. Like the skill of creating uh, new skills. Like if you can master that, then, then you can do anything, right? It doesn't matter whether it's you want to try some new diet, you want to build a side business and you like, it lets you use all the information that exists out there and actually apply it. It's like the missing link between all the opportunity presented by the unlimited information out there and actually turning it into something of value in your life. That missing piece is you, your operating system. So if you can get that nailed down, then you can take all that potential and start putting it into actual practice. And that's, that's what I'm obsessed with. Now you had an email go out recently that where you say, you know, I believe the divine mandate for all men is to acquire as much territory as is possible for him to govern justly and fruitfully. I absolutely love that because how many guys are stuck on the back foot playing defense, swinging it at all this stuff that's coming at them instead of going out and actually taking back what, what belongs to them really. Yeah. And like, I come to this conclusion, not just from like this, like, you know, uh, macho, like, you know, this is just what it means, blah, blah, blah. Like, you got to be a man, you got to be on attack, and you got to be conquering and taking territory. It's like, it's like a little bit deeper than that in the sense of like, this is what I believe is actually what we are wired for. You look at testosterone itself, you look at like what that chemical does in your body and what it's really equipping you for. It's that. 
And like, if you are operating in a high testosterone system, which you are, if you're a man and you're relatively healthy, then that's the only way for you to feel like you are, um, living your purpose. It's like God coded this shit into you to be a conqueror and a ruler. Because when you do those things, you gain energy. It feels great. Um, and then you also like, like realize who you are. It's like, it, it, it puts you to work in a way that makes you feel the most alive and most on fire. And so it's like, guys, they don't, they don't, they're not really doing this. I think, right. They're, they're like, they will be trying to go out and conquer all and, and stuff, but they're doing it selfishly. And so that's only like, that's it. That's missing the the other part of the male psyche, which is we are wired for service. You know, men are the workhorses of humanity. It's not like I'm, I'm appealing to some sort of, uh, you know, abstract morality here. When I say, you know, you got to conquer this territory because that's going to feel good and it's going to feel right. It's what you're built for, but you also need to govern it justly. You need to make sure that this domain under your control bears fruit. All right. And because like, that's the other part of it. You know, that's where you're going to get filled up. It's not just like, like some guys will get half the equation. (laughs) A lot of guys will get half the equation. You have like the very nurturing, caring guys who, they miss out on that the, the fire of, of being on con- in a state of conquest, okay? And so they are like, you know, semi-castrated. They're, they're operating way too much in the oxytocin zone. But then you've got guys on the flip side who are all about the conquest and they don't care at all about the connection and the purpose for it. And it's like, man is both things. You know, we have a heart, we have a mind, we got balls, we, got, we, we, we need to be able to get the whole system lined up. And so like, the, the, the way that I've come to look at it is like any given moment when you are experiencing negative emotion, all right, that's basically like a cage match between you and Satan. And like, that's what this conquest is really about. It's about taking all the territory that has been, that is currently held by Satan, or AKA the, the archetype of chaos and decay. All right. And you are supposed to reclaim that territory. And so that territory might be your own mindset. You know, if you're, if you're like reeling in negative energy, then that's the first place you need to win in that cage fight with Satan. And then once you get yourself under control, it's like, okay, well, where in my life are the forces of chaos and decay and, you know, devolution and stuff like that at play? It's like, okay, well, go and conquer that shit. Bring light to where there is darkness. And the reason I love this, mentality is because I feel like it lets men put that warrior spirit, that aggressive spirit, that hunter instinct inside of them to just work, right? It's like, it even gives you a place for our hatred emotion. Like I believe that all of our emotions can be ordered properly and our like darkest emotions, they need to be directed toward the darkest things. It's like hate the devil hate sin, hate corruption. It's all right to hate those things, you know, because that gives you power to do something about them. And it's actually like that's, you know, as a Christian, like I, I view that as like that crusade of doing this work is uh is basically like the that's the process of glorifying God. It's like, you know, it's not about you just like sitting in front of, um, you know, sitting, uh, kneeling or whatever and praying, okay, and doing nothing. 
that's only valuable to the extent at which it, it charges you up and f- orders your mind so that you can then go out and conquer in the name of God or in the name of your highest conception of goodness, whatever is comfortable for you to, to utilize. But it's like this attacking stance, this offensive stance is the essence of masculinity. And if you don't have that, then I think you're just going to be living life like with only part of yourself really alive (laughs) because you need that's the only time a man's going to feel fully alive is when he is using all of his all of who he is. And a big part of you is this like status hungry, warlike, you know, semi monster. Okay, (laughs) and, you know, Jordan Peterson, he's got a great quote in that, like, our favorite heroes are the ones that have like a monstrous aspect to them. Like you think a lot about like, you know, some of the most popular superheroes and stuff like that. You think about Batman. Okay. He's like half like horror movie creature. And like, we love that. You know, we like, we like to have the monsters on our side. And so it's like learning how to, to harness that energy and direct it properly. That is going to, you know, one, make you happiest two give you the most energy three, make you the most interesting, compelling and charismatic because it's like that, that willingness to confront danger and be dangerous, which is where um, I would say people actually find their charisma because that's where you find the the ability to say screw you to someone else's like opinion. And then you can be your true unique self, which is interesting. So, you know, I I'm more on the side of less less fruitful and more conquering in terms of just what I want to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of goal-oriented people are like that where I want the thing who cares about all this other stuff that I currently have? I want the thing. So you run after the thing and you you're not faithful with what you got. Has there been anything that you've experienced where you've identified, you know what, this is how I can be more nurturing. Cause I think you might fall into that camp as well of, of being very, very goal driven. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. No, yeah, no, you're, you're a hundred percent right. Um, it's just like, I, for me, it's been a, a shift in perspective. Um, in the sense of like, if you view your domain of influence and responsibility as like your own internal kingdom. Okay. And you're constantly thinking about how am I going to capture like this new Island? How am I going to capture this new territory? All right. But meanwhile, you've got like agents of chaos infiltrating your walls and tearing shit down inside of your own domain you've already conquered and you just ignore it. It's like, the fuck are you doing? Right. (laughs) Like for me, that that was the way that really helped me um, kind of shift this perspective because I only found, you know, anyone who's particularly for anyone who's creative, I think this is an issue Mm. because like you want to just keep creating something new rather than like correcting something that you already have. But like once you recognize that all of those internal challenges like that are happening inside of your your current domain, they also allow you to be creative. They also allow you to, um, you know, establish your your dominance in a sense, um, you're going to find a lot more value in them. It's like, it's learning how to like, I think it's because people view themselves like, if like that, that conquering aspect, they see themselves as like, you know, the general leading the charge or whatever, or, or the general organizing the attack. 
or the frontline warrior even. And they, they, they maybe not, don't actually think about themselves like that, but like thematically they can find energy from that. What they think about when it comes to like dealing with what they have in front of them, like inside their domain, they usually then shift it into it's like, oh, well, I'm going to get nagged by my wife and oh, I got got to go like wipe my kid's butt and like or whatever it is. Um, and they, they, they step out of the the epicness of their life. And instead, what they need to see it as is like, OK, when I'm managing internal issues or like, you know, in, inside my sphere of influence if, issues, I'm the king sitting on the throne and I'm having, you know, it's like the uh, it's like the, the people are coming in to, to court with me and they're like, you know, presenting their issues and I'm sitting there, you know, with my staff and sword and rendering judgment and like putting things into motion. It's like making sure that you hold that uh, that that station of, of dignity and, and gravitas, at least in your own mind, um, allows you, I think, to to embrace what you have in front of you a bit better. Does that make sense? Does that click? It does. And I, I think it also, I'd be interested to know if you agree with this. I kind of am of the opinion that it's almost a law that, a, a natural law, almost like gravity or something, where if you take care of what you have really well, you will have more to take care of. It's like, uh, you know, Dan Kennedy, who's very secular, <laughs> he will say, you know, the orifice of which you you uh, give out of is the, the same size orifice of which you will receive. And it's like there's all these kind of principles that we don't really understand, but you can see them working, you know, setting goals and writing down your vision of what you want to accomplish is another one. I think all these things that we don't really know why they work. They just seem to. And I think this is one of them of like, you take care of what you got and you'll have more to take care of. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean like the, uh, that's been a spiritual principle for forever. Like what was it in the Bible? It's like whoever has been, you know, who has received more, more shall be given. Right. Right. And so it's like, if you like for you to receive, it means that you've actually, taken what you have and you've honored it properly and it's it's kind of just like the the leveling up system of life um (laughs) that's that's what it is it's like okay you're given your where you're currently at on your level here's the challenge here are the things you're responsible for how well are you doing that oh you you passed that level you've conquered this it's easy well hey here's some more here's here's the next level here's the opportunity to expand and move to the next thing and um referencing Peterson again, that's why his idea of clean your room has like become basically like a cultural force because there's truth to it. It's like you establish compliment competence in what's in front of you. And eventually you're going to, you're, you're going to be blown away by what can like come of it, no matter which direction you're doing it at. Um, so yeah, I would agree with you that it is basically a law of, uh, it's one of those soft laws of the universe where, uh, you know, if you want to, really align yourself properly for success, then that's the way to do it. Now, that's not the way it always happens, but when it doesn't happen that way, uh, in some cases, it's like that person's being set up for uh, a big downfall. Like I, you see a lot of people who they come into money um, really young, you know, maybe like a, a young athlete or influencer or something like that. And they fall into scandal. They fall into drug addiction. They fall into all this other kind of stuff because they didn't take the normal course of things. 
right? They, they, they kind of skipped the line. They didn't learn how to be competent in a small sphere. And so, you know, that incompetence fueled with more money means that they can yeah. make bigger mistakes. So, you know, I've, I've often been frustrated with like the rate of my own, you know, career success and that sort of thing. Um, but not really anymore because I realized that like each step along the way, I've really been learning exactly what I've been missing. You know, it's like, <laughs> uh, everything that I've received, it's like right in alignment with what I more or less like, you know, quote unquote deserve or like worked for. Um, and so it's like, if I want to get to that next level, I'm not getting shortcuts. You know, I, I definitely got some lucky breaks in the beginning that helped me build momentum. Um, but yeah, don't don't fight against that. Embrace slow progress because it's so much more stable. You know, like if I, I bet if we were going to look at the studies, like the person who lost, um, you know, twenty pounds uh, really quickly versus the person who lost twenty pounds slowly over time, which person do you think was more likely to actually keep that weight off? Right, it's the person who did it slowly over time because they've actually learned how to create a sustainable lifestyle while moving in the right direction. The guy who just crash courses it, um, you know, he just learned how to basically deny his desires for a short period of time. It doesn't mean that he figured out how to actually live a life that supports that sort of like, you know, health and fitness. And so I'd say the same thing goes for, for income and success and all that kind of stuff as well. Hey, makes total sense. There's one last thing that I wanted to talk about today that uh, kind of goes along with this, and it's the... Uh the idea of there not being an upper limit and you talked about how on one hand you have to balance total humility and also you have to have indomitable audacity to quote yourself so yeah. how does how do you do that i mean well let's talk about that upper limit thing okay yeah. because like the reality is like life is like there's no top of the mountain there's no such thing all right. And if you think you found the top of the mountain, you've just actually started your decline. Because if you're not growing, you are decaying. That's the way that, that life works. And so it's like the way it should be is you climb to the top of a mountain. And when you get to the top of that mountain, that allows you to see more. You know, that you got a great view. And with that view, you should be able to spy out, oh, off in the distance there, that's the next mountain I want to climb. And then you put yourself on path to, to go do that. Okay. And if you don't do that, well, then, you know, you're just going to sit at the top of that mountain um, and either you're just going to fall down or you're going to get bored as shit. And so, and usually once you get bored, you start doing worse things and then you fall down anyway. So, you know, there is no upper limit. You have to accept that there is going to be infinite growth if you want to keep truly living. Doesn't end. So, like, get rid of all those ideas of, like, reaching a point where once I make enough money or once I find the perfect relationship or once I get this or that or the other, um, then I'm good. Then I just get to, you know, sit on the beach and sip drinks, okay? That's not anyone's happy end goal, okay? I'm not saying that there isn't a place for relaxation and fun and all that kind of stuff in periods of life where maybe there's that are more leisurely, sure. But, like, you need to still be in like that conquest mode if you want to be in alignment with yourself, I believe. <clears throat> and so first thing is to accept that. But then how do we how do we actually live in that? How do we actually operate in that? And that's where you get into those two ideas I was talking about where it's like extreme humility, extreme audacity. Because like 
it's humbling to to acknowledge that you're like never going to arrive right that you will always as soon as you get to the top of one mountain you're going to realize ah oh, shit there's another one i got to get to it's like as soon as you you remove one bad habit you're going to become more acutely aware of all these other bad habits that you have and that'll that'll progress infinitely or you'll find like oh i, I overcame this deficiency and now it's like shit like I kind of got all myself together, but like I'm not doing enough for the world or I'm not doing enough for my family or, or whatever it is. You're always going to have a gap between where you want to be and who you are. And so the humility allows you to accept that, to accept the fact that you're never going to fucking be there. You're never going to be that guy. All right. You just can't be because if you, that's, that's putting a limit on yourself. That's, that's like viewing, you know, your like that there's some destination when, in a world where time doesn't stop <laughs> until you die, you know, you can't, you can't do that. You can't claim that. So humility allows us to, to, to just accept the fact like, yeah, I'm never actually going to get there, but I'm going to continue to still pursue it. And so the, the willingness to continue to pursue it, that's where the audacity comes in. It's recognizing that you will never succeed fully, but you're going to aim for it. And you're going to keep climbing. You're going to keep finding new mountains. And like to really accept this, to really embrace the fullness of this audacity is to believe that you have no concept even of the guy that you could eventually become. Like he's going to be so far beyond your realm of conception. Like he's going to be so much beyond where you are right now that you don't even, you can't even imagine him, right? And it's, reckon, and it's being willing to say, yeah, I'm stuck. I'm going to aim for that. I'm going to aim for this like glorious unknown that I am like called to a greatness that is beyond even my own understanding. And so that's what I believe like the audacity is for is that it keeps you moving in that direction. So you got to have both of them, insane audacity, insane humility. And I think when you have both of those, that's when you have peace because really then it's just about your direction. Any given moment, all you need to set, all you need to worry about. The only thing you really need to worry about at all ever is do you like the quality of your current intention? That's it. As long as your current intention is aligned with your highest conception of goodness, then everything else in your life will be taken care of. That's it. There's only one thing, one variable you need to manage, and that's it, is do you like your current intention? So it's like this is an intention that'll shift moment to moment. It'll like you know shift fast faster than the weather because one moment you're, you know, dealing with a, a a loved one who you're struggling with. The next moment you're putting out a fire at work. The next moment you know you're uh, you got a kid crying and screaming at you or whatever it is. And every single one of those situations is going to require a different specific intention. But as long as you're willing to accept that, then you are going to keep moving up mountains over and over and over again. And you're going to be continuing to expand and turn into someone that uh, is better and better. All right, I can hear the world asking this, so I'm going to ask it for him. But Mark, if I never arrive, then why should I even try? Because that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> Good question. Well, I mean, if you don't, I think it's just like, you just, things just suck then, right? If you don't try, then you're not going to get on the top of any mountain. You're just going to stay, live Netflix, your life dude. with the. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm fine. It's 10 bucks a month. <laughs> have you ever actually binged Netflix? Have you ever done it? When I was younger, I did. Yeah, I haven't watched yeah. TV or 
the last movie I watched, what was the last movie I watched? U- UHF. Shout out to Weird Al. That's a good one. What's UHF? It's a Weird Al movie from the 80s. That was the last one you watched? Not in the 80s, but yeah. <laughs> I did watch it. <laughs> nice. It was free um, on YouTube. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I mean, like, it's basically like that feeling of once you, when you're binging something and then you stop oh. because you have to stop. Terrible. And it's like time to like go to bed or like piss Ugh, or like feed yourself. Worst. It's just like, holy shit, I don't want to come back into my body. And it's like you want to reach for more like stimulation, but like nothing stimulating anymore. Um, that's the worst feeling. And that's basically what you're you're avoiding is you're avoiding that because like if you're not doing it with like Netflix porn and video games, uh, if they don't do the trick anymore, then a lot of people, that's when they turn the substances. And that's like a. Uh, that that'll take you like about as close as you'd you'd like to hell. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know. So it's like if you're not climbing, if you're not actively climbing toward heaven, as it were, then you are actively descending toward hell. I think. You know, and some people they kind of they kind of get on a hamster wheel where you know they'll they'll climb a little bit, slide back down, climb a little bit, slide back down, which is its own sort of you know stagnant hell but it's not quite as bad as uh completely abandoning the charge yeah man when vr comes out i'm it's gonna be so sad <laughs> it's dude, gonna be so terrible dude the because it sucks I, right now but what if it doesn't suck? I know. you know what i, I called mean? it years ago it's like the stuff they're gonna do with like the the sex bots and everything and the with the vr it's we're gonna just have like it's crazy like I was like looking at stuff around like epigenetics and things like that about like how a lot of our genetic code can get turned on by circumstance and like what we choose to do and that sort of thing. And it's just like humans are going to almost morph into two different species. I think you're going to have some segment of the population who's like, all right, we're going to live the best life possible and they're going to become the fittest the smartest, the most capable humans you've ever seen. They're going to be like, you know, glowing with health and uh, vitality and, you know, power, essentially. But then we're going to have this other group of humans and they're going to go the opposite direction. They're going to all become like hunched over. They're going to have like weak, small little jaws that, and they're going to, because they don't chew anything. It's like they're going to, all their, their, their limbs are going to shrink. It's basically, it's like they just get, turned into like these little husks that simply need to like plug themselves into the matrix uh for sustenance and uh it's going to start like displaying itself more and more in our uh like physical appearance i think because you can already kind of tell you can already look at someone as like oh that guy is very likely uh heavily obsessed with technology and plugged into like junk food culture you can pretty much just see it on someone and you can see that oh that dude He's, he looks like he's doing stuff in life. <laughs> and I think just as the technological escapism becomes more potent and our medical science around nutrition and health optimization and stuff like that also becomes more potent, this divergence is going to become even more extreme. So it's like if you don't want to be that dude who just like is like this weird fetus-like you know, pale creature who just plugs himself into his fleshlight every night and just like, you know, has like a feeding tube. Uh, 
<laughs> you got to start working in the opposite direction because at some point the uh, the pleasure is going to become so high that you could like consume if you go that bad route that like if you haven't been building your willpower and discipline the entire time there's no way that you're going to be able to say no to it have you seen wally yeah yeah basically wally yeah it's wally world man yeah <laughs> that's when elon gets his uh spaceship sent to mars that's what it's gonna look like <laughs> i know right why not with x.com sponsored by x.com yeah yeah. Speaking of X.com, I'm back on their, uh, aka Twitter. Um, I'm back on there tweeting a lot. So, you know, tweet at me. Shoot me questions. You, you know, there's stuff that, uh, that uh, you know, if you want to see me hit on stuff in the show and that sort of thing, I'd love to interact with you there. And uh, that's probably, I think I've been shadow banned on pretty much every platform um, except for there. We just got to try harder, Mark. We'll you think so? There. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I think, I still think it's very weird that we, uh, YouTube we have growth to upgrade is, our operating system. Yeah. That's okay. what we have to do. We'll see. In, in the case that that's not what's going on, and we are actually shadow banned, um, then uh, let's uh, let's make sure I we connect right, on Twitter. Twitter I don't think I'm shadow banned on there. Investment. Twitter's the hardest one to grow on currently, though, because their algorithm sucks. So it's like you actually have to like grow off of like retweets and things like that. So it's very slow over there, but I'm just building the base. I believe in, uh, in Elon being able to like make this thing incredible everyone's kind of shitting on him and telling him that he can't do it and i think that just like makes it more likely that he will personally so we'll have to see <coughs> i think you're right we'll see how are you on threads no i didn't even like check it out to be honest with you we should probably post my is there a way to cross post on there i should just like make you do no it for me. like i make you do all my other social media platforms. well that's what i was going to suggest yeah <laughs> <laughs> just in case yeah just in just case, in case. All right. Well, good stuff. Great show. Glad to be back in it with you guys. Glad to be here chatting. Hopefully you enjoyed all this, got something valuable out of it. Look forward to hearing your your feedback, your questions, anything like that. And uh, yeah. Other thing is anything else I got to say? Yeah, for now, just make sure you're on the, the newsletter. And if you're interested in getting one-on-one coaching, go ahead and drop an application um, in by using the links below. So that's what we got. Ooh, yeah. See you next time.